So good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. My name is Prajakta Damle. I'm a senior manager with the Amazon RDS team. And today I'm going to talk about how you can use Amazon RDS to run managed databases on-prem. A few housekeeping rules. Uh, this is the first time I'm doing a silent session, silent disco maybe, but never done a session, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, so if you want to hear me, make sure you put your head headphones on. I guess for the, those sitting in the front row, I should be loud enough. Um, and tune uh, to the right color, which I believe is green. All right, so with that, let's get started. So we have a lot of exciting content to cover today. We're going to cover first an overview of RDS for those who are not familiar with what RDS does or provides. And then we're going to look at some of the use cases where customers like yourself um, need to run applications on-prem. And what are the typical challenges related with that uh, and running databases that are connected to these applications on-prem. And then we're going to look at two options that RDS provides to run managed databases on-prem. One, where you can run RDS on Outposts, which was announced yesterday, and it's available um, uh, in general availability as of yesterday. And the other, where you can run RDS on your on-prem VMware infrastructure. And then we'll do a, a Q&A uh, at the end of it, so I'm happy to uh, talk to you one-on-one -on -one as well to answer any of your questions. So with that, let's get started. So some key facts before we get started. Relational databases often power some of the mission-critical applications in organizations. And I don't know if anybody disagrees with that. Does anybody disagree with that? Um, you know, it powers your ERP systems, your CRM systems, um, sometimes your scheduling systems. And these systems could be a variety of, um, they could be uh, serving a variety of functions. They could be, you know, vendor bought or homegrown. But the one thing they all have in common is that they need performance, scalable, and highly available databases that power them. And what we've learned over the years is that self-managing relational databases is time-consuming, complex, and expensive. And we know this better than anybody else because since the beginning of Amazon.com, we have run some of the world's most powerful, largest, and busiest databases. So for those of you who are not familiar with RDS, Amazon RDS provides six different database engines on the cloud. You have Amazon Aurora, which is a homegrown, cloud-native, um, MySQL and PostgreSQL compatible database engine. And then you have MySQL, MariaDB, and PostgreSQL open source engines, which are supported by RDS. And you also have Microsoft SQL Server and Oracle as the commercial engines that are supported by RDS today on AWS. So what does RDS provide? Essentially, RDS provides fully managed databases, which provide you automatic failover, high availability, ability to automatically back up your data, do a point-in-time restore, it provides you replication, and it complies with a lot of the industry uh, compliance and security standards. It also provides you automatic patching and upgrades, database upgrades, which often tend to be complex and time-consuming. We have hundreds of thousands of customers using Amazon RDS today on AWS, 
And what we've seen with customers who use RDS is that they end up spending more time building applications that are business differentiating or value adding, um, more time understanding their data, tuning their queries, defining better schemas instead of spending time doing administrative tasks that are often undifferentiated related to database management. We've also had more than 200,000 database migrations to AWS using AWS Database Migration Service. And that number is growing every day. So you might wonder, given that we are seeing so many workloads move to the cloud and the capabilities that we provide on the cloud, why are we bringing RDS on-prem? Well, we heard from customers like yourself that there are applications that still need to remain on-prem. And these are applications that are latency sensitive. So you might have applications which need to respond to events with a few millisecond latency to ensure smooth operations on a factory floor or to ensure a superior user experience, um, such as you know, if you're developing a gaming application or to have a competitive advantage uh, where if you're running a trading application, you probably want to keep that um, and, and you're keeping that on-prem. Um, you might also need to control on-site equipment um, using these applications, or you might need these applications to interface with other complex systems that you are unable to move to the cloud. Um, the other category of applications that we often see on-prem are applications that are processing data locally. So these are you know, applications running where the bandwidth and the network bandwidth is not very reliable or you don't have good connectivity. And you still have you know, equipment, data, sens uh, sensors um, that uh, are generating a lot of data and you need to process that locally. Uh, you might also have medical equipment generating images that are then you know, um, examined by doctors locally, so you want to store those and make those available. Um, or you might be collecting a lot of data from a variety of IoT sensors and then you know, doing some local processing before transferring to the cloud. Now, all of these applications need a local database to store that data um, uh, and, and to process that data and to make that available. So here are some challenges that we've seen uh, when customers manage on-prem self-managed relational databases. So we have these three cohorts of customers that we typically hear, hear from. Uh, you have developers who, um, who would prefer the same APIs or a single pane of glass essentially to, um, to work with databases that are on-prem or in the cloud. And they have to use a variety of tools depending on where the workloads are running. And also a, a variety of processes to deploy um, their code and deploy changes. Uh, you have DBAs that often struggle with the administrative overhead that we spoke about, uh, where they have to manage patching of not only the database software, but also the underlying operating system and, and security patching. Uh, they have to build reliable processes to take backups, um, to ensure that there is um, uh, disaster recovery processes in place. And they have to ensure that the databases can scale as their applications grow and as the needs, as they have new applications, essentially, that need to access this database. And the business overall is unable to take advantage of the same pace of innovation that we often see with cloud applications or cloud services. So to summarize, 
customers want the same experience on-prem as they have in the cloud. Uh, they want managed services that are available, reliable, performant, and secure. They want the same operational consistency across their workloads, the same tooling and the same APIs so that they can leverage the same automation no matter where their databases are running, and essentially get the same capabilities that, that are made available in the cloud. So what RDS provides on-prem is essentially the same capabilities that RDS is providing on the cloud. It provides you fully managed databases which are monitored, provisioned, monitored, and operated by AWS. It provides you that single pane of glass, so you use the same interfaces that you use today to create these databases, modify them, um, and operate them. And it allows you to use the same monitoring interfaces to monitor a hybrid fleet, database fleet, no matter where your databases are running. So as I mentioned at the very beginning, we have two options um, if you want to run uh, managed databases on-prem. You can run RDS on AWS Outposts, which is essentially um, AWS managed infrastructure that is running in your data centers. And that is in preview today with support for MySQL and Postgres SQL. And you can also run RDS on VMware vSphere clusters that are on-prem, on your existing on-prem infrastructure. And that is available in our US East uh, North Virginia region. You can connect to that region from any of your data centers. And you can, um, uh, you can run a MySQL, Postgres SQL, or Microsoft SQL Server database. And we're gonna take a look at uh, capabilities of each one of this in more detail. So let's take a look at um, RDS and Outposts. So before we get started, um, how many of you are familiar with what Outposts is or what it provides? About half of you. So essentially what Outposts provides is uh, the same infrastructure that's running in AWS data centers. Um, it's built on AWS Nitro, and it is fully managed, monitored, and operated by AWS, but it resides in your data centers. It connects to the AWS region, and it has um, essentially the same AWS services, um, a subset of them to begin with, but the same AWS services uh, that are available in the cloud on the outpost, and you can access them, provision them using the same APIs. So what RDS on Outpost provides, again, are the same uh, capabilities that we saw earlier with RDS on AWS or in the cloud, but in your data centers on Outpost. Uh, we will support MySQL 5.7 and PostgreSQL 10.9 to begin with. It is in preview as of today, so if you have an Outpost that's installed, you can start using RDS on that. And it provides you uh, fully managed databases. So you, know, you can provision these databases on the outpost capacity. RDS takes care of patching and upgrades. Uh, it has built-in monitoring. And your databases are uh, encrypted at rest using KMS keys by default. You can easily scale your databases as your needs grow uh, using our APIs or the console. And it provides you health monitoring. So if it notices that your database is unhealthy, it'll go ahead and automatically replace that database. Um, it also provides you the same capabilities around automatic backups, manual snapshots, and point-in-time uh, restore. And all of this is available 
uh, through our APIs, CLI, or the console, and we'll, we'll take a look at some of those examples in the next few slides. Here are some prerequisites if you want to start using RDS on Outposts. Uh, first of all, you need an Outpost instance in your data center. Um, and we will support the M5 and R5 um, compute capacity on Outposts. And you will also need to have EBS capacity, which is the GP2 volumes, uh, to be able to run RDS. Uh, you do need a network connection to an AWS region, and this could be through Direct Connect or through VPN over the internet. And um, this is a requirement for Outposts in general, where you need enterprise support with AWS. So once you have an installed Outpost instance, getting started with RDS is very easy. You will have a subnet that is mapped or uh, associated with an Outpost instance. You provide this subnet as a DB subnet group to the RDS APIs. And then you use the same APIs uh, to create a database instance. Um, you will see it in the console alongside with your databases that are running in the cloud if you're using RDS today. And you can access them uh, through our APIs and CLI as well. So let's take a look at what the high-level architecture looks like for RDS on Outpost. So the RDS service runs in the AWS region, as you can see here. And it interfaces with a variety of AWS services in the region. And here are a few that are, um, uh, that are key services that it integrates or uh, interacts with. You have your VPC. Uh, in a given region, in an availability zone, and you create a subnet, essentially, which uh, maps to an outpost instance, and you extend your VPC to the outpost. Um, and then when you provide this subnet to the RDS APIs, RDS knows that this subnet is associated with an outpost instance and goes and creates the database in the instance instead of in the region. Um, it will make an ENI available in that subnet, so your applications can use that ENI to connect uh, to the database instance. It'll have the same endpoints that uh, you typically have today um, in the cloud for your applications to connect to it. Um, and um, the database backups are written back to the region, um, just as they are today. They're written to the region. You can actually restore um, and create an RDS database in the cloud or in the region using these backups. Uh, the metrics are published to CloudWatch, and the logs are also written, written to the region. You do need a reliable network connection between the AWS region and Outpost uh, to use RDS. So here is a quick demo uh, of how you would create a database from our console. So this is our console. You'll go to the database page, and you'll hit Create Database. This is what you would do today, um, even for creating a database on the cloud. And um, once you get to this page, you will now see two options, where you can create a database uh, on-prem or in the AWS cloud. So when you click on-prem, and if you have an installed outpost, you will see these options. And then here, you can pick an existing subnet. Uh, so you can either pick an existing DB subnet group or you can have us create a new subnet group if you don't already have one by picking the VPC and the associated subnet that maps to Outpost. Uh, the rest of the flow is very similar to what you would do uh, uh, to create a database in the cloud. You pick the engine, you name your database, um, you see a variety of instance sizes that are supported. So you can pick an instance size, 
We only support uh, GP2 volumes right now for storage. Um, and then, you know, it's the same um, options that you have. Um, all databases are encrypted by default. Um, you have the option to enable automatic backups. Um, and you have all the other uh, parameters that are associated with creating a database. And once you hit create, it'll go ahead and create that database. As you can see, it's creating uh, database two up there. You can click on it uh, to examine the properties uh, that are associated with this database. And as you can see, the subnet uh, group that is provided uh, is actually the subnet group that maps to an outpost. And that's created by, uh, by RDS on the fly. You can also provide an existing subnet group if you already have one. Uh, so let's take a look at what the CLI looks like. So this is exactly the CLI command if you were to create an RDS database on, in, in the AWS region. Um, the key difference is the database subnet group that you provide, again, should map to the subnet that is <clears throat> associated with the outpost. And then RDS can go ahead and, and create uh, the database in outpost instead of the AWS, instead of AWS region. And this is just an example, again, of the API. So the key point here is the APIs, CLI, or the console remain the same whether you are creating a database in the AWS region or an outpost. So now let's take a look at uh, what RDS on VMware provides and how does that, that work. So RDS on VMware essentially provides you the RDS managed databases running on your vSphere environment or vSphere cluster on-prem in your data center. Uh, it is available uh, in the US uh, uh, East North Virginia region uh, for you to connect to uh, from any of your data centers. And it supports MySQL 5.7, PostgreSQL 10.9, and, and Microsoft SQL Server uh, 2016 version Enterprise Edition SP2. And with Microsoft SQL Server, uh, you have to bring your own media for the operating system, as well as your SQL Server licenses. It provides you the same capabilities, again, where your databases are fully managed. Uh, you have automatic um, capabilities to take automatic backups, snapshots, and do point-in-time restores. Um, RDS takes care of any patching and upgrades, including operating system patches, uh, patching and security patching, and database software upgrades. Uh, it has built-in monitoring with Amazon CloudWatch. So you will, even though your database is running on VMware on-prem, your metrics are still available alongside your other databases running in the cloud in CloudWatch. And it has health monitoring similar to RDS on Outpost, where it, if it detects unhealthy databases, it can automatically replace them. Um, and uh, it runs on the exact same vSphere infrastructure that you have in place uh, already for your other applications. Uh, here are the prerequisites. You do need uh, vSphere version 6.5 or higher. Um, we center an ESI, ESXi version 6.5 or higher as well. And we support uh, any of these data stores. So you do need to bring a data store and, and provide a data store for us to um, store the backups uh, in that data store as well as the logs. So you can, uh, you can have a VMFS, vSAN, or NFS data store. 
Uh, you also need an AWS account because all the actions or the operations are, are issued uh, from, uh, from the AWS account um, and using the RDS service. And you need business or enterprise level support with AWS. So here are the steps in which you can get started. Um, there are some prerequisites which we'll go over where you have to do some networking setup and, and permission setup. And then you log into the AWS console and you download an installer. The installer deploys the RDS service on your vSphere cluster. And then once that's installed, um, you can then go to the console, AWS console, and start creating a database just like you would either in the AWS region or on Outpost. So let's take a look at what, what that flow looks like. So we have introduced a new concept for RDS on VMware. It's called Custom Availability Zone or Custom AZ. This maps one is to one to your vSphere cluster. So when the custom AZ is active, that's when you can start creating databases. And it's a one-time setup to onboard, essentially, your vSphere cluster or to deploy RDS on your vSphere cluster. Um, what it does is the custom availability zone, this is how it looks. You can go to the console, create a custom availability zone, and you need to provide it an external IP address. And it uses this to establish a VPN tunnel between your vSphere cluster and the AWS region. And then you download this installer from the AWS console onto your vSphere cluster. Um, I'm going to walk you through a few steps of the installer just to give you a flavor of what that looks like. So, you know, it's an installer. It's a wizard that you can walk through um, on your on-prem vSphere cluster. You select the region and the custom availability zone that you created earlier. You provided some networking settings. Uh, you provided some v vSphere configuration, some placement details around you know, uh, around where, which data center, which cluster, which data store. Um, and then it validates to ensure that it has the necessary networking settings, permissions, and data store details before it proceeds to actually deploy the service onto your cluster. So here's a quick summary. And then when you say install, it goes ahead and installs a set of VMs, establishes a VPN connection, and once that's established, you will see in the console that the custom availability zone becomes active. And that's when you can start creating databases. Oops. So once the custom availability zone is active, as we saw earlier in the demo, you can pick on-prem as the option from the create database page. You pick the custom availability zone, which is unique to RDS on VMware. Um, instead of a subnet, which is what you would pick typically for creating a database on Outpost. So you'd pick a custom availability zone that you created, and that's active. Then you can pick any one of the database engines. We have custom instance sizes so that you have a variety of instance classes, general purpose, memory optimized, or computer optimized, and variety of sizes to create your databases. And that's it. Then your database is, um, is ready for you to go in and use and connect to. Uh, here is an example of what the API looks like. And it's the existing RDS API, the key difference being that the parameter that you provide for the availability zone is that custom availability zone. And similarly, for um, if you're using the CLI, you would provide that same uh, parameter in your availability zone. Um, and this um, allows you to look at all the databases that are running on your 
uh, vSphere cluster. So if you click on a custom availability zone in the console or use our APIs, uh, you can easily query all the databases or a list of databases that are running on a given vSphere cluster. So let's take a look at some of the key features that RDS on VMware provides. So here's an example of the metrics that are pushed back to the AWS region and made available in CloudWatch for you to monitor your databases. Um, it also provides you um, availability management, monitoring, and patching. And we'll look at a, a detailed diagram on the architecture, but essentially, the RDS service is running in the AWS region. It connects to a few local management VMs in your vSphere cluster, who are then, or those VMs are, are essentially monitoring the databases that are running in your vSphere cluster to ensure that they are healthy. If they're, un, uh, if they're unhealthy, they would be uh, replaced automatically. Uh, we would push automatic patches for security and software updates. And just as you have uh, ability in RDS today, you can pick a maintenance window for your database upgrades. Uh, and and, and you know, depending on that window, uh, we, would, we would do any, any software upgrades that you opt into. Um, the backups that RDS on VMware provides are stored locally. So all data essentially remains on-prem with RDS on VMware. It's only the control plane traffic that goes between the AWS region and your vSphere cluster or your data center. Uh, so all the data remains on-prem. You can easily uh, restore from a manual snapshot, or if you have automatic backups, you can do a point-in-time recovery or restore of your databases. Um, and here is a detailed look at what the architecture looks like. So you have the RDS service running in the AWS region. Uh, we create a DMZ when you run the installer that's dedicated to a vSphere cluster. So it's not multi-tenant, it's single tenant. And what the installer does is it deploys an edge router, which essentially establishes that VPN tunnel to the AWS region and a connector which acts as a controller to manage all the local operations on the vSphere cluster. So once the VPN tunnel is established, um, it'll also deploy uh, a few other VMs which essentially the group of these VMs form a local control plane. And these VMs then you know, monitor your databases, collect metrics, uh, push logs, et cetera, take backups. And RDS essentially uses this VPN tunnel to send any control plane traffic to uh, this local control plane. So when you take an action or issue an API uh, command that goes through this VPN tunnel to this local control plane, uh, this local control plane also pushes uh, metrics to CloudWatch directly. And it manages VMs, the database VMs that are running on your vSphere cluster. You can use Direct Connect as well to connect to the AWS region. If you have Direct Connect, this um, connectivity between the local control plane and RDS can go through Direct Connect. And if you have network disconnectivity, so if you have intermittent Disconnectivity, you're uh, using this in areas with you know, um, less reliable network connection. Your databases still remain available, and the local control plane continues to monitor your databases, collect metrics. Um, if it detects unhealthy databases, it will do the replacement of the, those databases. So RDS and VMware does not require continuous connectivity to the AWS region, but any mutating actions that you need to take on your databases uh, does require that connectivity. So it's built to be resilient, essentially, to any network disruptions. 
Um, let's take a look at what the networking setup looks like. So you typically have an internet network that your applications use to connect to the internet. And you'd have some um, kind of an application network where your you know, applications run. Um, RDS on VMware requires you to set up a cluster control network before you install RDS on, on your vSphere cluster. And essentially, all the VMs that RDS um, deploys, including the database VMs, are in the cluster control network. The edge router also has interfaces on the internet network, and the database VMs have interfaces on the application network so your applications can connect to it. So you can have your applications running in your application network connecting to these databases. Now, you might have a three-tier architecture, and your applications might be running in another corporate network, not in the application network to keep the databases separated from your applications. And that should also work uh, with RDS on VMware, where you can connect your applications that are running in another network uh, to these databases. Uh, in terms of pricing uh, for RDS on VMware, you pay as you go. So we have on-demand pricing. Uh, the pricing is based on the instance hours uh, used. So depending on the type of instance and the type of engine and how many hours the database is running, uh, that's what the pricing is based on. Uh, we deploy management VMs, but you start uh, getting charged only when you create a database and run a database. Uh, the local control plane is not something uh, that, uh, that we charge you for, but obviously it's running on your vSphere environment and, and you know, uh, using capacity of your vSphere cluster. Um, we have pricing available uh, for different instance types and classes, like general purpose, memory optimized, and computer optimized, similar to what we offer uh, for RDS on the cloud. And then for Microsoft SQL Server, as I mentioned earlier, um, you do need to provide ISO files for the underlying media or OS and also bring your um, SQL Server licenses or provide your SQL Server licenses, on-prem uh, SQL Server licenses. Um, there is an hourly charge to use uh, uh, to connect uh, between AWS region and the vSphere cluster, and that's based on the private link pricing, uh, based on its public pricing. So here is a, a, a summary of what we just covered. Uh, with RDS, you have two options, essentially, to run managed databases on-prem. You can run RDS managed databases on Outpost, and that is in preview today. Um, or you can run RDS managed databases on VMware, and that's also available today uh, by connecting to the US East North Virginia region. Um, with Outpost, your backups are written back to the AWS region, while um, with RDS on VMware, your backups are stored locally. And um, RDS on Outpost supports MySQL and PostgreSQL. Um, RDS on VMware also supports those engines, and it also, in addition to that, supports uh, Microsoft SQL Server. Um, and then lastly, to run RDS on Outpost, you need to have an Outpost instance with M or R class instances and uh, EBS uh, volumes or GP2 volumes. Um, and then to run RDS on VMware, you need a vSphere cluster with a 6.5 or higher version. And here's a look at what your database instances would look like uh, depending on your workloads, you have the flexibility essentially to use RDS to run databases in the cloud, um, on VMware, or on Outpost, while still getting that single pane of glass uh, to monitor and manage these databases.
So that's all I have today. Um, we do have some related sessions today. Uh, we have two chalk talks, one that does a deeper dive on RDS on VMware, and it's, it's more interactive where you can have more Q&A. Um, and then another one later uh, in the day uh, where we will uh, have a chalk talk on outposts specifically. And then tomorrow we have two other uh, sessions that provide a more, uh, uh, more of an overview on outposts in general, uh, not specifically just for RDS. We would love to talk to you as well. Uh, so I will be available after the session if any of you have questions, but you can also email us. Uh, we would love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you at the conference or even after. So feel free to email us. Also email us any use cases or feedback that you might have. Um, and then we have a number of uh, actually 25 plus free training sessions at aws.training. So do check those out. Um, and take advantage of that across different databases that uh, AWS offers, not just RDS. Um, so that's all I have today. Uh, that's an alias that you can use to get in touch with me or my team. Uh, we would love to talk to you about your use case for on-prem uh, databases. Um, and make sure you complete the survey uh, for this session. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs>